no answers. Um, I'm nowhere closer than I was the minute that we were told that she was gone. She was of value. She was my baby girl. She was. She is. Hello and welcome to another edition of 41 Files. Gosh, it's been a while since we've seen you and you've listened to us. The last time we did a 41 Files podcast was in August and then things just got very, very busy around here. and We've not been able to uh, record or produce one in the last couple of months, but we're thrilled to be back with you. Uh, 41 Action News reporter Sarah Plake joins me in the podcast studio. Hi, Sarah. Hey. So uh, the, the nature of 41 Files, typically we... We created this podcast here at 41 Action News to be able to provide you some more in-depth content uh, from what we're able to do on the air. Uh, you know, Obviously, with our form of journalism, we don't always have a long time to tell you stories. Right. Sometimes really complicated, complex stories get told in a minute and a half to two-minute segments, and we have a whole lot left to tell you and share with you, uh, our viewers and listeners, and we don't always get a chance to do that. And that's why this podcast was created, and we have an opportunity with this story that uh, Sarah has been following and reported on last night on 41 Action News at 10, uh, to do that here. And so we wanted to get back onto the uh, 41 Files podcast studio and and share some more of that. So, Sarah, thanks so much for being here with us. Well, thanks for having me. Um, We're going to start – I want to start this story off by sharing the phone number to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline because that's going to be a a strong topic of conversation in this story. It's Mm -hmm. 1-800-273-8255. If you or someone you know is having suicidal thoughts or has struggled with that, maybe depression possibly, always a good number to call. It's staff 24-7. You can call and get the help you need, 1-800-273-8255. So, Sarah, we're talking about suicide in this case because you Mm -hmm. have been following this story of a um, local woman who we believe died by suicide. That's what we are to understand uh, a year ago. Right. Tell us about Noelle Ishkantana. Uh, um, I've learned a lot about Noelle, um, talking to her mom, Bridget Walsh. Um, so Noelle died over a year ago. It was June 9th, 2018. And, um, she, I I think the only thing that her mom knows is that, um, detectives told her that it was a suicide and her, the medical examiner, um, from her conversations with the ME had determined it a suicide based on, you know, when it, when a body comes into the medical examiner's office, you kind of already know the circumstances with, with what, you know, how the body is coming into you. Sure. So, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of graphic, but, um, detectives had told Bridget that her daughter was found hanging in a tree in the backyard of a house in blue summit, um, at that day. So it was toward, you know, after late afternoon evening that she was found supposedly hanging, but Bridget really doesn't know anything else. She knows nothing else. She just knows what she's been told. Um, just that it was a suicide and it was hanging and that was it. A year later. That's really all she's like got. over a year later. Yeah. yeah. She, she doesn't have the autopsy report, um, which has already been completed and she can't get any of the police reports that the Jackson County Sheriff's office had done, um, either because they say it's still an open investigation. So she can't get any information. I mean, yeah, you could take it as face value. And if somebody He's telling you your daughter, you know, died uh, by suicide and, and hang, hanged herself. Um, yeah, you could take it at face value, but her, I, I think any parent or a, any family member would want to know more details about it. Well, what happened that day? Um, what did the autopsy report say? What did the police report say? Um, and she can't get any of that information. Nothing. 
So best she is able to understand right now as far as the why is because she's being told the investigation is still ongoing. That's the reason yes. she's being – at least the reason she's been given that this is being withheld from her. Yes, that the investigation is still ongoing, and she can't understand it. And frankly, I can't understand it either. I, I think it's strange. What is the law enforcement aspect for you and in, in your reporting? What are they telling you about are, – are you getting the same kind of – no answer to whenever you're asking questions about why we can't get this information? Yeah, I've been requesting this stuff since last year, since um, a few months after she had died. And that's it's the same thing. I can't get the autopsy because medical examiner office, they, they don't release an autopsy to me or anybody else if the law enforcement side of it still has it as an open investigation. So it could be open forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's not. But just the... Um, the principle of it, it could be open for a long time and not be able to get anything. So I've asked the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, well, if it's a suicide and if you told the family it was a suicide, well, what's there left to investigate? Right. That's that's the main thing. What is there to investigate if the ME says it's a suicide and they already told the family it's a suicide? Um, that's just what she can't understand. So what's their answer whenever you ask that question of what is there left to investigate if it's nothing, a suicide? Nothing. They don't have to tell me anything. Wow. Nothing. <laughs> so they, they just said um, that it's a dead body investigation, which I haven't really been able to get find a clear understanding of what exactly a dead body investigation is. Yeah, I heard that in your story. We, we ran it this morning on 41 Action News today. Again, it premiered on 41 Action News at 10 this week on Thursday evening, mm-hmm. and um, that's the October the 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, we, we aired it again on 41 Action News today, and, and I heard you say that in your story, a dead body investigation, yeah. and I don't know that I've necessarily heard that term from a law enforcement perspective ever. We don't really hear it that often. And so it, it was just odd to me. Um, and so in, in my, in, in talking to the Jackson County Sheriff's office, their, their detectives and their spokesperson, um, well, obviously they, they, can't tell me any details of the investigation because it's still ongoing. But as far as dead body investigation, I said, I've never really heard of that before. Um, is that typically something that you would label, and they said, yeah. And I'm like, well, I've never heard that. So you've been working on this for more than a year now. You have spoken yeah. to people, obviously her mom. You've spoken to neighbors near the home where she was found. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you know factually about what happened the night that she died. Can you tell me any from just from the reporting, from talking to neighbors, what they tell you about what happened? What can you tell us about what you know about when she died? Okay. So uh, Noelle was in jail um, for, I think, 52, 53 days. Um, she was in the Jackson County jail and it Noel was, was 26 or Noel so? was 26. 26. Yes. Okay. And so she had gotten out of jail around June 7th, June 8th. Um, not sure when, but, um, after she had gotten out of jail, um, she ended up at the blue summit house and that's where her boyfriend stays. Her boyfriend does not own the property. It's somebody, somebody else lives in the main house, but there's like a shack kind of the, like an, like an out, not an outhouse, but a smaller house in the backyard. And from my understanding, from talking to the neighbors and her and her talking to her family, um, that's where the boyfriend would stay and she would stay with him. And so her, her mom, Bridget, has no idea exactly what time she got out of jail or what even happened, but somehow she ended up over at that house. And um, I talked to the neighbors who said that they saw her come to the house that day. It was earlier in the morning and uh, they gave her a hug. They were excited to see her. Um, because she had been away in jail for a little while. And uh, he was like, are you going to kind of give her a preachy like dad moment? Are you going to ma- you know, turn your life around to, to that effect? And uh, he said everything seemed fine. He saw her and the boyfriend out kind of in the yard doing random things in the yard. And everything seemed fine. But um, I, really, though, the missing piece is who saw her, you know, if 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 it 
if everything lays out, you know, X, Y, and Z, if she did hang herself, right. who saw her go to the tree and do that? Nobody nobody can can say so from the neighbor's perspective they were just you know at home enjoying their evening when somebody from next door comes over hollering she's in a tree she's in a tree so then the neighbor runs over and sees her he said her toes are barely touching the ground um and i know this is graphic but um he already knew that she was gone Mm -hmm. and so the um you know paramedics were called and um the sheriff's office came and that was it so that was the same day she got got back. It was like twenty four hours later okay. after she so got out with, of jail. Within within just within twenty four hours yeah. later, yeah, within okay. twenty four hours. So that's really all that I know. Um, and the neighbors didn't really say anything else as far as th- there was like fighting going on or there was. He he said everything seemed fine. Um, so that it's just a big blank. So we've got to we've got to address a couple of things here because um, I, I know. There's there's questions that people will automatically have about this kind of situation as they listen to it, um, and especially anyone who does any kind of news watching or podcast listening, true crime, that kind of thing. There are questions that you automatically have whenever you're paying attention to these kind of stories. So let's try and dissect a couple of those first. Mm-hmm. One, you mentioned that she had just gotten out of jail. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in your story uh, that Noelle had a troubled past, to put it mildly. She yeah. had she had been through a lot uh, as as a young adult and just in, in her lifetime, right? Yeah, absolutely. And her mom is, is very open about that. Um, Noelle was a drug addict um, for the majority of her 20s, and she suffered with mental illness um, issues as well. But, you know, so it, it's a combination of the two when, when you do drugs and you're not um, in, in the best mental health state. It's it's an explosion. And so her mom um, had, had issues um, with Noelle, in the past as far as, um, you know, uh, um, a, a kind of explosive behavior, but she loved her daughter still, no matter what, and always tried to take care of her. But yes, Noelle was a drug addict and, um, she had told her mom in jail, um, when she was still in jail, you know, when I get out, I want to essentially start over and was making plans as, you know, let's go to church and all this stuff. And so it just really took Bridget by surprise that, a, she didn't know her daughter got out of jail, and then B, she ends up dead in the backyard. I'm so, okay, so I'm sorry. She didn't know she was out of jail at that point. No, she didn't. She didn't even know she got out of. She was wow. released out of jail because okay. she was released early. Okay. So, um, and, and I don't know if that goes back to the the capacity issues at Jackson County Jail, but right. you know what I mean? Because a lot of people are let out um, early. Um, but she didn't contact her mom and say, "Hey, I'm getting out" or anything like no, that. No, they didn't even know. Okay. Um, they just got a call from the boyfriend who we're not naming the boyfriend because it's, you know, legally that's right. We cannot do that. And, but. We'll, and we'll get to him too in a second. But right. I also want to make clear that we are not suggesting in any way that drug use or drug addiction is an automatic lead to suicide no. or an assumption or anything like that. Um, as we've done quite a bit of reporting in the past about suicide stories and as any family who's lived through it knows, um, very often with people who commit suicide, um, you have no idea that they are facing anything. They can be perfectly normal, happy, healthy life one minute, and then the mm-hmm. next minute they're gone. Everyone's might, story is different. Exactly right. So yeah. we are not suggesting in any way uh, that Noelle's uh, drug history or problems as as a young woman or young adult automatically mean that she took her own life. That's not what we're saying at all. I want to make that clear. Um, she also had a, a daughter, right? She yes. Noelle was a mom. Yeah. She... Um her daughter, uh, also named Bridget and it's okay that I say the baby's name. Um, she's, she's doing very well living with, um, 
Bridget, Bridget and Bridget. Yeah, so with Bridget grandma. With, with grandma. grandma. Bridget and baby Bridget. So um, she... And we see her in your story. She's a beautiful little girl. She is a beautiful little girl. And she's very aware of um, of her mama, Noel, and that she is um, in the sky and she has passed away and they she prays to Noel all the time. And uh, Bridget has done a very good job keeping Noel um, at the forefront, remembering who she was and making sure that baby Bridget knows that that's her mama. Um, when Noel was in jail mm-hmm. we believe bridget was with grandma at that point too. yeah okay. yeah um bridget had taken over custody of okay. of the little girl because okay. noelle's state was just it was too rocky too up and down right and noelle basically told bridget i you know i want you to take my daughter so it wasn't just because she was going to jail she had her she had custody of her was taking care of the little girl before yes Noel went to went to jail yes okay um next aspect of the story we want to talk about and you mentioned him earlier is the boyfriend here because Mm -hmm. this was at the place where he was staying Mm -hmm. right where wherever she where she was found Mm -hmm. you have spoken to him yeah just over the over the phone it's hard to get a hold of but But um, you've spoken to him but he does not he does not seem interested in telling you his account of what he remembers from a year ago no not really um you know and and I, I wanted to just get his his thoughts of, you know, it's been a year and you've lost your, your girlfriend. And do you remember at all? I know it's hard. I Do you remember at all? Did she say anything? Did she do anything? Did What happened that day to where she, she goes and ends up hanging from a tree and nobody saw it? Nobody knew? Can you just take me through what happened? And he he was not interested in, in telling me what happened that day. Um, Will he even tell you whether or not he was at the home the day she died? No, he didn't tell me anything. Okay. Um, but the neighbor had had mentioned that when he ran over next door, when he was alerted that this was happening, he found the boyfriend in the in the in the back house and he was like asleep or something and he had to wake him up and say hey this is what's going on so i don't know chris doesn't the neighbor chris he doesn't know anything about what was going on prior it's just a big it's just a giant blank so the but again to 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 reaffirm what you just said there the neighbor told you that his memory is that the boyfriend was home yes when this happened yes okay Mm -hmm. um is is the boyfriend under investigation you don't you don't know because they won't tell you anything you don't know what his part is legally right now in in this entire ordeal i have no idea um i don't know if jackson county has looked into it further or if they just said it's you know it's a suicide that's it but then you go back to the fact that it's still an open investigation and so it and then that goes back to the fact that still mom bridget she cannot get any information about her daughter's death over a year later do we know I, I know that in the story we we see you going and knocking on the door at the home where this happened. Mm-hmm. Do you know at this point who lives at the home because you said that they didn't know in the home they were staying in a house mm-hmm. kind of out back a little bit. Do you know at all yeah. who you were expecting to maybe answer the door when you went and knocked the door? Yeah, I know who the homeowner is, okay. but um I didn't know cuz we had gone to the home a couple times and knocked on the door a couple times and ne- Nothing. Know, neither neither time okay. uh, they answered. But I know who the homeowner is and um I understand that the boyfriend and the homeowner they 
they either worked together or the boyfriend worked for the homeowner. Something happened to where he was just allowed to stay on the property. Okay. Yeah. Um, another aspect of this, again, as we mentioned earlier, there are, there are lots and lots of questions, unfortunately, many <laughs> yes. more than we have answers. But I know. we're trying to walk you, the listener and the viewer, through some of these that we are trying to get answers to as we uh, continue to walk through this story. Uh, the the mother said something. It was either um, her mom, Bridget, that said something or you said something in your reporting in your story that caught my ear. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have – I don't think you were able to elaborate very much in the story, but it's on the on the website right now. Um, someone said that after she died, um, there was she had blood on her. Yeah. Um, and the reason that they know that is because for religious purposes, right? Mm-hmm. They this is a family that cleans the body themselves before yes. before burial. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Bridget's kids. She's got seven kids, uh, including Noel. Um, they're raised Muslim. And in that tradition, when somebody passes away, you have to bury them as soon as possible. Right. And so um, uh, Noel's body. Well, I'm going to backtrack first, but um, the family, they got a phone call from the boyfriend that day, that, that night that she had passed and said, she's dead. And they're like, well, he called them. He called the, the family, just this f- crazy phone call out of nowhere. And they're like, what? Where is she? What's going on? Um, they said that the uh, law enforcement authorities never contacted them. They had to kind of look around and, and call, okay, well, c- can we call the jails? Can we call the hospitals? And finally they located her body at the morgue. And so then... The family, you mean? Didn't even family. know where to find no, her? No, they had no idea where to find her. Wow. It's it's crazy. And um, so they finally looked, found her body at the morgue. And um, so then in the Muslim tradition, they were raised Muslim, um, the the body goes to the, uh, to the mosque and the women clean every bit the women family members yes okay. um, there are women within the within the mosque within the church okay and the family members do it too and they clean the entire body head to toe and so what struck bridget and the family was the fact that she had blood on the back of her head and just a bunch of leaves in her hair um and then the breathing you know like the medical equipment the breathing tube was still in her mouth and so they were like well what wouldn't they have taken that out to look at her when they did the autopsy and there are just so many questions about the state of her body that they're just they don't have any answers to right and if they would see if they could see the autopsy report maybe it could fill in some blanks and again there's so many stipulations with this reporting because obviously we are trying to get every answer we can, but also have to be very, very careful because we can't allege anything or anything no, like that. No, yeah. But we are not suggesting any kind of foul play just because blood was found on the back of her head, but it's questions mm-hmm. that any person would have. Exactly. Especially the family members exactly. of someone who wants to know what happened to their loved one. Exactly. And so it's it's just the principle of it, basically. Right. Anyone would have questions. Well, what, what does this mean? Well, what did this mean? Um, and it's just a, a closed door in trying to access that information. Listening to Bridget talk in your story, um, I was really struck by her, um, I don't want to say calm, mm-hmm. but the way she conducted herself with you because she she seems to be very level-headed yes. and seems to be very for all that has happened to her and the circumstances that surround it. She seems to be handling this just unbelievably well, mm-hmm. considering. Um, what kind of feeling do you get from her when you sit and talk with her? Is it what 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 emotion hits you the most? Is it questioning? Is it doubt? Is what is it? What what is it that stands out to you about her whenever you talk to her? It's um, I don't mean to sound um, you know too dramatic, but it's just agony. You know, yeah, agony like not knowing anything about what happened the day her daughter's her daughter took her last breath she has she has so many doubts which i I, any mother would um 
she's just completely in agony <laughs> and um, she's had to live, you know, over a year just wondering when am I going to get this information? And, and she said, if it, if I get the autopsy report and I can see the police reports and if everything boils down to the fact that yes, my daughter did end her own life, I can accept that and I can start my mourning process yeah. and that's fine. She's like, I don't want to be a little suicide at all, but it's an answer. Yeah. And she just, she's not at that point yet where she can say, okay, that's what happened. I was going to say, because, and I'm not asking you to reveal her thoughts because obviously there are parts of the story that you didn't include for, for, for mm-hmm. reason whenever you talk to someone like this. And again, we're very, very thankful that Bridget took the time to sit yes. with us and, and share this story. Um, but does she, is she able to have conjecture at all of what she thinks happens? Like, does she expand on that at all? Or did, And again, you don't have to reveal anything you don't, she wouldn't want revealed, but is she able to have, this is what I think may have happened? Yes. Um, she just has her questions. Um, she wonders, and I, I go into this, into the story. Um, she just wonders that if, if it's an open investigation, if detectives or investigators are looking into the past, the past at that house, um, Noelle and her boyfriend had a very bumpy relationship, according to her whole family and according to even the neighbors. The neighbors that you spoke to. Yes. Uh, Bridget wants to know, are investigators taking into account um, uh, an an alleged assault that happened two years prior to her death? Mm -hmm. And those were kind of the the graphic pictures we showed. Um, Yeah, she had very serious injuries in the hospital <laughs> yes, that we did. we shared those photos and it's it's difficult to look at but i think an important part of the story potentially right um the history of that is what hap- what happened to her in that do we know what what happened with that assault so her boyfriend was never charged with the crime in this because um uh, essentially noel was too scared to to cooperate and so you kind of need witness cooperation to continue a case forward and like press charges and go through the whole thing. And there was no video video evidence in this case either. And so it, it just didn't go anywhere. But uh, Noelle was interviewed at a hospital. Um, she said that her boyfriend just kind of attacked her out of nowhere. Um, she had been asleep and her boyfriend attacked her and, um, and, and, and beat her severely. Um, and this is all alleged. Um, and, uh, but you can kind of, you can clearly see all the bruises that she had. Her lips were swollen. Her face was swollen. She had, um, you know, blood filled eyes, blood filled eyes, bruises everywhere, all over her face, her neck, her head, her arms, um, her hands. Um, and, and again, that's an important point. You say that this is all alleged. Did you, because you've spoken to the boyfriend, did you ask him about that alleged assault? Would you have a chance to talk to him about that? On the phone, um, he doesn't really answer any questions. Exactly, He's kind of all over the place over the phone. And that's the only way you've spoken to him is over the phone. Is over the phone, yeah. right. Um, because if somebody doesn't want to go on camera or not even be recorded, I just, you know, I, I gave him the opportunity to to talk to us and sure. he declined. So, sure. and, and that's fine. That's his right. So um, I just, I just wanted to, gain a little bit more knowledge, but I haven't really been able to get his side of things um, on anything. So does Bridget have any kind of feeling, guidance, anything from law enforcement of of where they are in the process of being able to say, listen, we we think we can release this soon, anything at all? No. Um, she hadn't talked to her detective. She told me, and she showed me her call log, she hadn't talked to her the detective on the case since last August. So it had been over a year since she had heard from the detective. And so it kind of took me calling up there and saying, hey, the, she says she hasn't heard from you guys in over a year. Can you call her? And they finally called her, and they said, it's going to be inv- under investigation for a long time. So she has no idea when this is going to end. Wow. 
So it, there's just so many questions, yeah. more que- <laughs> way more questions than answers. And it, 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 it's, it, it's just bizarre. And I had talked to another person in law enforcement aside of the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, and okay. I won't name that person, but somebody who is, um, you know, within law enforcement. And I said, is it normal for the ME's office to have wrapped up everything, done the autopsy, they say what they say, but then the law enforcement side of things, they still ha- have it open. And that person said that, I don't know why they would still have it open. It, it just, it, 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 it's strange to me. And talking to that person, that other person in law enforcement kind of saying the same thing kind of validated my, my thoughts. Cause I was yeah. like, am I crazy for thinking this? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> you know? So, um, I think anyone would think that. Wow. Little Bridget is how old, did you say? She is, I think, four. Four years old. Yes. Or five. Four or five yes. years old. Well, she's, again, if you haven't watched the story yet, it's available on KSHB.com, and, and Sarah includes um, some video from a memorial, right, that where, yeah. they, where they uh, we hear from the little girl, little Bridget, and she's she's just adorable. And um, if, if you have not seen or heard this story, I, I really uh, encourage you to go and do it, because, again, it does have some pretty graphic content, so know that before you go in, but uh, to hear this woman's story, uh, it is very difficult to not uh, severely empathize with her, right. and not to, especially, we say this a lot, but especially if you're a parent, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't even have to be, to to wonder what it would be like to lose a family member mm-hmm. and not really have anything nothing right Bridget said you know my daughter didn't have very much dignity in the last few years of her life but she deserves it in her death wow and that's why I'm reporting on this and that's why I've stayed in touch with Bridget for the last year or so and that's why uh, she's never going to stop asking questions and I'm never going to stop asking questions well we are glad that you're not and uh Again, we, we, we need to once again share the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. Um, we don't know that that's what happened in this case, but we know it's a possibility. And we ask that if you have friends or loved ones or you yourself are facing any kind of thoughts that might lead you down that path, you would consider calling that number. 1-800-273-8255. It's staffed 24-7 and can hopefully provide some help, some guidance that will help you, your friends or loved ones. There is someone get there. That. There's, There's someone, someone out there, there. That, will, that will listen to mm-hmm. you. Sarah Plake is going to continue following this. Sarah, thank you so yes. much. Thank you so much. That'll do it for another edition of 41 Files. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can listen to 41 Files uh, all the time. We've done more than 70 episodes for the 41 Files podcast. Please go and give those a listen and subscribe today. For 41 Action News, I'm Taylor Hemness. Thanks for listening.